This is the part of our Sunday gathering where we get together and read from the Bible and just allow it to speak to us. And so whether you're here with faith or no faith, little faith or not sure about your faith, I want to say to you, God is a good God. And whenever we open the Bible and hear God speaking to us, it's only going to be good things. So I want to encourage you to lean in, listen and with an open heart and allow God through His Holy Spirit as I speak to speak to you. I'm going to read from Mark chapter 2, starting from verse 1. And we're going to read on this story, very short story, and I'm going to read all the way to verse 13. If you have a Bible, we're welcome to turn there. If not, it's on the screen behind me. So this is what it says. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowering the mat, the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts, And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like it. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to tease them. Pray with me for a moment before we just speak together for a few minutes. Father, grateful, so grateful for this morning. And I echo the words that were spoken just a few minutes ago and say, I will bless you at all times, and your praise will continuously be on my lips, whether we feel like it or not. So we want to say, Lord, we thank you for the clothes we wear, for the food we eat, for the houses we live in, for the friends and family we have. Lord, we raise our praise to you to say you are good and all the time you have been good and you will continue to be good. And so today, God, as we just spend a few moments looking at the scripture, at the Bible, at these stories, I pray that your goodness will permeate every aspect of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's go back to verse 1. This is what it says in Mark chapter 2 and verse 1. The Bible says a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum. Just want to point out the word there again because in chapter 1 he had already visited this, this little town once. And so this was his second visit. During his first visit, so many people who were sick got healed. So many people who were in lots of trouble got out of trouble because of God's word, his kindness, his power to them. And so Jesus makes a return. He comes back to this town. And it's no surprise because during the first time, what he did was so amazing. So many people healed. So many people set free. So many people filled with joy and goodness. The Bible says people heard 
word got around that he had come home. Look at verse 2. And when he had come home, so many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door as he preached the word to them. So that's not a surprise because when, you're, when you visit a town first and your show goes really well and everything is good and there's lots of success, it's only natural that when you return to the town, there is actually a lot of people coming there to hear him preach. And so that's the setting. He's in a house. He's speaking. The, the room is jam-packed. There's no room even at the door. And he's continuing to speak to them. And in this setting, somebody comes, verse 3, as he was doing that, some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. I want to talk to you today about how to process by faith when you encounter closed doors. How many of you us know that sometimes closed doors can be frustrating? I love being a dad and one of the things that I've had just the joy of doing as a father is observing my boy grow up. And I remember the first moment when he said, when he could start speaking and he said, Dad, could you open the door for me? And he said that because he didn't have the strength to open it and he actually couldn't even reach up to the handle to open the door. And I remember him growing up and, and there came a point where he could reach up and he could hold the handle but he didn't have the strength to push it open. And I remember that for the first moment, he had the strength not only to hold the handle, but pull the handle down and push open the door. And I remember his eyes going wide-eyed in wonder that for the first time in his life, on his own accord, he had opened a door. That's great. That's such a great feeling. And when we have doors of opportunity and doors of great relationships and doors of, of things that we've walked through that has brought us joy, that's great. But these guys are coming carrying a paralytic man and they're thinking, oh my goodness, the last time Jesus was in town, he obviously didn't get healed. So can you imagine what it's like paralyzed, lying on a mat and you are surrounded by stories of how people have been set free. Sometimes that's encouraging. Sometimes that's discouraging because you're like, they're going what's wrong with me he got healed and she got healed and everyone around you got healed and the thing about you is you're now surrounded by stories in the town of how Jesus is a healer and he has healed absolutely everybody but you're still paralyzed on the mat so these guys decide to give it a go again and for some of you that's just a word for you right there some of you just need to give it a go again because last time you tried and other people it worked for other people but sometimes when you try and it doesn't really work some of you just have to give it a go again so they come carrying this paralyzed man and they come to the door and this is what happens verse 4 since they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd can you imagine what that feels like? You're paralyzed. You come to the door. And guess what? It's not that the door is locked with padlocks. The door is closed because people are sitting there listening to Jesus. I mean, what would it feel like in that moment? I would like to think that if such a, an incident happened here, people would give way and go, hey, look, somebody who's paralyzed has come. Maybe they need a touch from Jesus. Let's get up and move out of the way so that they can come in and be with Jesus. But they keep sitting there and these guys can't get in because the door is closed. I wonder how many of us are sitting here today with disappointments and discouragement because your plan now that you thought you were going to execute has all of a sudden hit a pause button because it happens to the best of us we can have a plan and say hey this is what we're going to do we're going to carry everybody on the mat going to go to this room and you know just like last time Jesus touched everybody we're going to get healed they come up with excitement I'm sure anticipation come to the door the door is locked 
They can't get through. And guess what? It's Jesus' followers who are blocking the door. Not the devil. Not your enemy. People are actually listening to Jesus are now blocking the door. What do you do when you come to a door that you thought would open, but it doesn't open? What do you do when you come up and say, oh Jesus, I, I had hoped. And the most amazing thing about this story is that by their faith, they come through and they win the day and this man gets healed. And I want to say to you, if you are there right now in your life and you're facing an open door and it could be because of rejection of people, it could be because people who you thought they should move out of the way and they're not responding to you the way you thought they should respond there can be discouragement there there can be delays there you're standing there thinking I need to get in but there's just a delay whatever that is I want to say to you the gift of faith makes a way for you to process the delays and the discouragement and the rejection you face because of closed doors because you see, if you live with those discouragement, if you live with those delays, if you live with your inner world so down about how things haven't gone according to plan, then you will permanently get stuck and stagnate at that place. But the good news today is that the gift of faith gives you the ability to process delays. The gift of faith gives you the ability to process disappointment. The gift of faith gives you the ability to look at people who have perhaps locked doors in your face and say, I forgive you, I can move on from this because my faith is greater than my disappointment. Because if you do not process that, and I had thought this was the plan. I had thought this was what was going to happen. I wonder whether you are bleeding slightly on the inside because of a closed door. I wonder whether you are discouraged on the inside because of certain people who maybe should have given way and did not give way I wonder whether you will forever live your life blaming what the circumstances are or whether you will overcome that. You can always tell whether a person is full of faith or whether their faith is currently under attack. A person full of faith will look at any closed door and say, I can do this. My Jesus will get me over this. There is a, a delay. There is a, a denial. There is a disappointment. There is a discouragement at the moment. But my faith can see beyond this because I cannot stand here and spend the rest of my life hoping and praying that things will change because faith somehow has to find a way. And if your faith is under attack, if you interview such people at the door, they'll say, you know what? I should have been further on than this if it wasn't for these people. I should have been further on than this if these people hadn't closed their doors. Actually, the reason for my delay is A, B, C, D. You've got an entire reason of why things are the way they are. I want to encourage you today. Allow the gift of faith to heal you so you don't spend the rest of your life complaining and groaning and moaning and assigning blame. And understand that the gift of faith gives you the ability to overcome any denial, any depression, any discouragement, any delay. And say, faith will always find a way. It will. Faith will always find a way. Always find a way. So for some of us today, we just need faith to forgive. For some of us, we just need faith to own up to the fact that the door is actually closed. Some of us just need the faith to own up to the fact that there is actually a pause in my story right now, or so it feels like it. Because denying it isn't helping either. Faith allows you to go beyond that.
So you see, the gift of faith not only allows you to process that moment of delay and discouragement, but faith also opens your eyes to the possibility that there might be another way. The Bible says that hope that is delayed makes your heart sick. Hope that is delayed makes your heart sick. So you can spend the rest of your time hoping that the door will open. And I've found out in life that sometimes you can knock on a door. And when you knock on a door, from the other side, the door opens. And that's great. And sometimes you can knock on a door, and from the other side, the door does not open. So you've got to take the handle, and, and you've got to open the door yourself. And sometimes neither. You try and knock, and it doesn't open from the other side. You try and tie the handle, and it doesn't open. Sometimes you've got to kick the door open. Make sure that you get rid of the door all by the entire door. Or, or sometimes... You've just got to go to a place where there is no door and make a door for yourself. Because you see, faith always believes that you can make a way where there is no way. That you can make a door where there is no door. That you can make possibility out of impossibility. My Bible says this, that God looked at nothing and everything you see today was created when you spoke into nothing. And God calls things as if they are, even though they're not, they're not like that. And he calls by his creative word and he creates things. I want to tell you the gift of faith gives you the ability to move on from closed doors rather than standing there and praying and hoping and saying oh lord when is this door going to open i want to say to you by faith move on from your closed doors and remember god is not limited by any door that is closed in your face because faith always finds a way faith always finds a way faith always finds a way because if you come to a place when you say this door is permanently closed nobody is being kind to me i can't open it i can't kick the door down you've got to lift your eyes and say today i do not choose to walk by my feelings and my sight and what people have said to me and how people react to me i'm going to walk by faith so rather than standing at the closed door and listing all the people i need to blame move on from there and remember God is able to make a door for you even when there is no door. Because what good is it for you to stand there feeling sorry for yourself, blaming other people, letting everyone know your sad story? Is that going to get the door open? Of course it's not. Move on. Move on. Faith allows you to move on. And the Bible says these guys climb up to the roof. They, they make a hole in the roof and they begin to bring down this paralyzed man. And Jesus looks at them and says he sees their faith. You see, uh, faith not only allows you to move to other possibilities, opens your eyes to other things, but faith also gives you the ability to commit to a journey till you see it to the fruition. Because opening a, a hole in a roof is not a one-step process. It's not a, just a button that you press and then all of a sudden the, the roof gives way and you can... This, this required commitment. This required moving perhaps one tile after another. Perhaps moving one stick after another. Perhaps moving one log after another. This was a process. This was not an instantaneous result. This was four people working together and committing to it until you see it to the very end. And I want to say to you, some of you are here today, maybe discouraged and maybe living in fear, saying, I want to try this life of faith, but 
but I wonder whether I have it in me, not just to start the journey, but to complete it to the very end. I want to say to you, the good news is this. When the Holy Spirit gives you the gift of faith, you not only have the ability to start, but you have the ability to stick with it until you finish. And some of you just need to be encouraged today knowing God is able not only to start something in you, but to finish the good work that he has started. And the gift of faith gives you the ability to do that. Faith, not just to start something, but faith to complete something. Oh man, if I could look back at my life and look at the number of things I started and did not complete, is it just me or some of you here can identify with things? Oh man, the number of things I started, I thought it was on a faith journey. I thought I was on a faith high. I thought, I was on, I thought God was speaking to me. So I start and then I try and move the first tile and it doesn't move. And then I get discouraged. I try and move the first tile and three other people who were working with me go on a tea break. And I'm like, what's wrong with them? Why can't other people do what I'm doing? And all sorts of reasons can come where you think actually the thing that I started I just need to pause and get out of the way but I want to say to some of you that which God has started in you God is faithful to complete and so today if you're sitting with fear thinking that which has started I'm going to somehow lose somehow I'm going to start and everybody's going to look at me on the roof and think I'm a fool because here I have started in my journey of faith and I'm not going to complete it I have good news for you faith will always complete what it has started it will Faith will always complete what it has started. And I wonder where in your life you need to apply that word to say, I'm going to reject the fears that say, my relationship won't last, my marriage won't last, I won't be a good mom, I won't be a good dad, my, my walk with God was great, my business, everything that I started, it felt like God, but it doesn't feel like God at the moment. It, I don't know this, I don't know if I'll complete this. I want to encourage you to say, apply your faith. Because faith always sees a way not just to start it, but to finish it. The other thing faith does for you is that faith always gives you the ability to find people who can help you on your journey. Can I just say to you, it's important that sometimes when you come to certain closed doors, you've got to find a way to say, actually... In order for me to go through this next open door, I can't do it by myself. I need help. I need people who can work with me because it's not possible for one person to carry a paralyzed man on his own. They needed four people and they were carrying this man. And I wonder whether the gift of faith in this season of your life is opening your eyes to say, actually, I need to bring this person to help me. I need this person to come and pray with me. I need to just talk to this person so that they can encourage me. Because in this next leg of my journey, even though I've got the faith, I can't do it on my own. Faith gives you the ability to work with people to accomplish your dream. And I wonder whether some of you just need to hear that word today to say, listen, you may be drowning and sinking in all that is coming against you. What if God's plan for you is not to go through it on your own, but to intentionally invite people into your world who will help you go through it with you? I have found that there are times when no matter how much faith you have in God and in yourself and in the future, there are certain things that you will just not be able to do if you do not have other people in your world. I wonder whether the gift of faith wants to give you the ability to give you friendships, to give you relationships, to give you partnerships that are key to you accomplishing what God has for you. 
I love it when God does that and I'm praying that over Beacon Church that will be a prophetic picture of what God is going to accomplish in us and through us that we will all come together and we won't mind which corner of the of the blanket we hold or which corner of the mat we hold but we will all come together and say let's let's remove the roof tile by tile let's lower this body down bit by bit and if we can all get together perhaps if we all join our fates together the impossible can become possible and we will see many people and many lives touched and changed and transformed because this is amazing what God can do when people come together and put their faiths together and say let's go for this vision let's go for this goal let's all work together to make this happen and I have faith and expectations that in my heart and in my spirit that for the future of our church our best days are ahead of us because I see us working together united in one goal with one faith for what God can do and people will say that is impossible but God makes all things possible all things so they lower it down and and Jesus goes um son your sins are forgiven saw their faith he said to the paralytic son your sins are forgiven now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven. Or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Get up, take your mat, and go home. Get up, take your mat, go home. I want you to imagine that moment, okay? A room like this, maybe much, much smaller than this. Jesus is standing and preaching. If you've perhaps gone or studied the houses back in the day in Jerusalem, it wasn't large like this. Probably a very small room. Jesus was there, jam-packed. People are there speaking. Uh, the roof opens, and, and that man comes down. He gets his mat, and he's going home. Watch this, watch this. Verse 11. He's going home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. And they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. So the preaching stops. The healing happens. Then they start worshiping. So this is the order of the service. The preaching stops. And then they start getting a healing. And then they start praising, saying, oh my goodness, we have never seen anything like this. Everybody is praising God. Once again, Jesus went out and he continues teaching. They continue teaching. I want to ask you the question. What are the four people on the roof doing? What about them? Surely you want to go, I was preaching and then healing and then people are praising. And you want to take a moment to bring the people down and say, hey, well done for your faith. He just continues teaching. I think it was President Harry Truman, former president of the US, who said, it's amazing what we can achieve if you don't bother about who gets the credit. Because you see, these guys were carrying this mat for many, many miles, perhaps. These guys were carrying the mat for many, many minutes, perhaps. And guess what? All of a sudden, they're not needed anymore. They're not needed anymore. They're not needed anymore. 
You're not known as the mat carrier. You're not known as the helper anymore. In fact, the spotlight is not even on you. Everybody is praising God now, not praising the men on the roof. Everybody is praising God. I wonder whether faith gives you the ability to be so secure in the applause of God over your life that you get free from wanting the applause from people. Can I just say this? It's good to be encouraged. It's good to be thanked. It's good to be appreciated. It's good to receive thank yous from people for all that you have done. And, and it's good to give it. It's good to say thank you to them. And it's good to appreciate them. And it's good to encourage them. But listen, if it doesn't come your way, how you react at that moment says a lot about you. If it doesn't come your way, if the spotlight all of a sudden is not on you and you were carrying this mat all along and you're stuck on this roof, everybody's praising God. This guy who's now used to be carried by the mat, now he's carrying the mat himself. He's not even going back up to the roof and say, boys, thank you very much. Next pint is on me. This guy's gone home. He's gone home. He's gone home. What about them? You see, faith allows you to live with such security in who you are that you do not need the applause and the agreement and the love and the affirmation of people. It is always great to get that. But just in case that is not your story and people just move on and they've even forgotten that you're the mad carrier. Listen, I want to say to you, some of us just need the gift of faith to say today, my applause comes from Jesus. My affirmation comes from Jesus. My love comes from Jesus. I am forgiven given by him I'm accepted by him I have been approved by heaven and whether people approve of me or disapprove of me I'm gonna live in the applause and the approval of the father who loved me and gave himself up for me that is our foundation my friends that's our foundation and can I just say to you if you have people in your world who then are not secure and who are not really living in the identity of God. You do not help them when you go along then and feed their insecurity. Because you, you truly love them, you will help them move from their insecurity to a place of security where you say, listen, why don't you live with the applause and the approval of a father who loves you and who has done everything for you? Listen, if Jesus' love for you and if Jesus' death on the cross for you will not make you satisfied and content and secure and approved, then nothing ever will. You will spend the rest of your life chasing approval, chasing applause, chasing validation. But I want to say to you today, the gift of faith is available for us to be healed from those insecurities and say my father has approved of me accepted me in Christ Jesus Jesus's death and burial and resurrection is the greatest event in human history and because of his blood that was shed on the cross for me and you when we say yes to Jesus the approval of heaven takes away every bit of insecurity and everything in you that longs for people to approve of you let us be a church that's healed from that and live in a place of security because we know that God approves of you. Faith gives you the gift to do that. So some of you perhaps are being guilt-tripped into being there for people because of their insecurity. Can I just say to you, you're not helping you, you're not helping them. I love this, I heard this somewhere 
and it really absolutely radically changed my life and you've perhaps heard this before if you are a follower of Jesus Christ but Jesus the Son of God came into this world he's not healed the sick yet he's not cast out any demons yet he's not made the water into wine yet he's not called any disciples yet he hasn't preached a sermon yet he's just getting baptized he goes into the river comes out and suddenly a voice from heaven says this this is my son in whom I am well pleased well pleased about what well pleased about what all of a sudden there's the applause of heaven over the son about what he hasn't done anything yet Jesus didn't live for the applause of heaven he lived from the applause of heaven Jesus didn't live for the approval of his father he lived from the approval of his father Jesus didn't live thinking one day I'm gonna make my dad happy by all the good things I'm gonna do and one day there's gonna be a day when Jesus will look at me and say there you go I approve of you at last I want to say to you that is what religion says but when you come to the cross when you come to the gospel when you come to the good news of Jesus we do not work for the approval of people or the approval of God when the moment we say Jesus I simply trust you at that moment your heavenly father speaks over you the very words that were spoken over Jesus this is my son this is my daughter in him in her I am well pleased well pleased Jesus did all of his ministry and service on earth knowing that the father had already approved of him that the father was already pleased with him that the father was happy with him can I just say to you God is in a good mood today he's not angry he's not upset he's not panicking at your dysfunction he's in a good mood and if you will not allow that to heal you and if you will not allow that faith to work on you then you will forever be stuck on roofs thinking look what I did Look what I did. Look what I did. Look what I did. Look at all the effort I went to. Look at all the effort I went through. Look what I did. Look what I did. Look what. Oh, yes. But it's not. At that moment, they're all praising God. Their focus is not on the men on the roof. Their focus is on God. I wonder whether true faith will draw its attention to you or whether true faith will draw the attention away from you so that everybody is focusing on God. What kind of person do you want to be? You always know whether whether faith is real or not when there is worship and in this moment everybody praises God saying we have never seen anything like it Jesus steps out of the house and continues teaching as if nothing had happened sermon continues part B what about the bloke he's home what about the four men well they somehow eventually I think found their way down from the roof who's gonna repair that roof God knows I wonder whether you're okay with people in your world just moving on just moving on because you see your security sometimes is in everybody being in the boat with you and you sleep and you wake up one day and you find out that all the people who were in the boat with you have moved they've gone They've gone to the next journey. So at that moment, you either have a choice to try and manipulate them and control them so that they come back into the boat or you can operate by faith and say, actually, God has got great things for me. Some people are there in your life for a reason, some for a season, some for a lifetime. Very few people are in your life for an entire lifetime. 
But there are certain people that are in your life for a season. And if the season's over and the guy who's went on the mat now has taken the mat and gone home, you and I need to have the security to say, hey, we're moving on to. We were needed to carry a mat. Not anymore. We were needed to remove the roof, but not anymore. And really, it's not even about us. If the people then praise God, it's a win. If the people worship God, it's a win. And I'm pleading with you, some of us have wasted time staying on the roof, hoping that one day people will come to their senses and they'll all come back to the roof and make it about you and the roof. It's not about the roof, it's about Jesus. It's not about whether you've carried a man, it's about Jesus. It's not about your story, it's about Jesus. It's not about the closed doors in your life. It's about Jesus. It's not about your denials. It's about Jesus. It's not about your delays. It's about Jesus. It's not about your disappointment. It's about Jesus. No matter what door is closed in your life, I am speaking with faith over your life. God will always make a way where there is no way. And when that way is made, people will give praise to Jesus. People will give praise to Jesus. I wonder whether you need to respond in faith today and ask God for the gift of faith to bring healing to your life because it's available, simple trust. Say, Jesus, I trust you. I wonder whether you find yourself outside a closed door thinking, I wish people knew how many times I knocked. I wish people just knew how much I effort I gave into opening this door and it's not opening. I wish people knew how long I've waited here to pray and pray that people will move out of the door, but they're not moving. I wonder what's wrong with my prayer. Maybe I've not prayed enough. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to pray more that people change because only if people change can I walk through the door. And some of us have been praying for 10 years for people to change. And maybe the gift of faith is saying, hey, listen, how about the solution be not, it is not about people changing. How about the solution about you is about you getting a new vision, a new perspective, a new angle at life and say, maybe I just need to move on from this door because God has got a door for me that I've never thought of. If that's you, I believe the gift of faith will allow you to walk through closed doors. Some of you are today maybe hurt and bruised by the people who have closed doors at your face. And the gift of faith is here to help you forgive and say, I'm, you know what, whether it's my dad or my mom or teachers or parents, whether it's people who rejected me, abused me, made me think here I am at a disadvantage because doors were closed in my face. Actually, no, you are not your story. You are not your experience. You are not your pain. You are not your hurt. You are who God says you are. You are who God says you are. You are a child of God. Come on, it's time to live beyond your story and talk about the greatest story that's ever told, the story that the Father loves you and He gave His Son to die on a cross for you. That story should define you more than any other story you have ever told. Come on, it's time to move away from our sob stories, to move away from our stories of self-pity and say, I have a hope and a future in God. It doesn't matter how many doors have been closed in my face. Another door is open. He may away where there is no way I want to inject some hope into people who came here hopeless saying there is no way there is no way there is no way there is no door every door is closed I want to say to you there is a door there is a hope there is a future as long as God is alive and as long as his promises are over your life then your best days are ahead of you and not behind you 
They're ahead of you and not behind you. Begin to say, God, give me fresh vision to say this door. I wonder whether you need to be just healed today from the approval of people and live in the approval of God. I wonder whether you need to take a fresh decision today to say, you know what? As long as my life points people to Jesus, I have no interest in letting people know that I carried a mat. It's not even the story. Let's keep the main story, the main story. That should be the story. Or maybe you're here today and you don't even know Jesus. And Jesus is not part of your story, but you have an opportunity like that paralyzed man to make Jesus your story. Maybe it was your story once upon a time and you don't feel any connection with the story of Jesus at the moment. But the simple gift of faith that you feel in your heart to say, you know what, I don't have all the answers, but somehow, simply, I feel I believe. Then you have an opportunity to respond and say, Jesus, I want to connect with you again. I want you to come into my life and I want us to make the rest of our life about this great story of who Jesus is. All the people began to praise God. I want my life not to be about what I did. I want my life to be about what Jesus has done in me, through me, for me. And I'm praying that all of you will live in such a way that when they look at your story, at that moment you would have thought praise and applause should have broken out for the four men on the roof. But at that moment praise and applause broke out for Jesus, for Jesus, for Jesus, for Jesus, for Jesus for Jesus maybe some of you are today feeling guilty for other people's dysfunction because you've got friends in your world who are stuck on a roof and you're trying to somehow help them disciple them listen you are not responsible for babysitting other people's dysfunction you are responsible for loving them and helping them and love looks like this point them to Jesus point them to Jesus point them to Jesus you are not the answer you are not the solution point them to Jesus if you're here today and say something about the story spoke to me I am a follower of Jesus Christ but I often find myself in front of a closed door wondering why people are not moving why wondering why people are not yielding wondering why my knocking isn't effective wondering why am I trying to open a door and I have been discouraged I have been just delayed I have just been wondering what is wrong with me what is wrong with my story I want to pray for you that you have the gift of faith to go and process your pain, to process your discouragement, to process your delay, to process perhaps even the, the, the hurt you feel towards people. You don't have to live there the rest of your life. You will stagnate if you do. Faith allows you to move on. Perhaps you're here today and saying, God, I just see no way, but I'd love for you to make a way where there is no way. I have come to the end of all of my options and at the moment I need a miracle because all the doors that I can practically think of are closed, but I need you to open a door where there is no door. I want you to make a way where there is no way. I have no faith even to believe that this is possible, but if it is possible for you, I want a miracle in my life because I have come to the end of myself. I want to believe that by faith that that will be possible for you. Perhaps you're here today and you want to say, God, I want to live in the approval of, of you, the approval of the Father. I want to stop getting hurt when the spotlight is not on me. I want to stop defining my identity in the, in the mats I've carried and the people I've helped. I want the spotlight away from me and on Jesus. I want my life to bring glory to God. 
and I get so hurt when people don't approve of me and people don't appreciate me and I, I get so hurt when people just move on very quickly and I just love to be secure in the fact that my father loves me let's pray father today in Jesus name I speak for the gift of faith to be activated in our lives today why don't you activate your own faith if you have it by speaking to God maybe God has given you the gift of other languages use it to activate that faith maybe you can just praise him for the goodness of God in your own life however it is that you activate faith remember faith is a gift God has already given you it's in you father in the name of Jesus father I speak to our lives today and I pray in Jesus name you will help us to move on from hurt move on from the discouragement that has come through delays and disappointment and closed doors I pray in Jesus name that they will be absolutely absolute healing today from every door that has closed in people's faces from every delay from every obstruction I pray in Jesus name that there will be faith that comes that helps us to move on from these doors from move on from these betrayals to move on from these rejections to move on from these delays and believe oh God that your faith is at work Father, I pray for people who say there is absolutely no way I need a miracle in my life because every door that I know is closed and I need God to make a door where there is no door. I need God to make a way where there is no way. Father, in Jesus name, we speak to our lives today. Let new doors open let the miraculous activate itself in lives today let sickness be healed let bondages be broken let depression lift let new life come into people's hearts and lives right now in Jesus name and father I pray for us as a church that we will live out of the approval of Jesus the approval of God, the approval that we are loved by Father, we are chosen by the Father and no one, no one, no one, no word, no rejection can ever change that and that we are absolutely secure. So Lord, bring security. We want our story to be about your story. We want our lives to be about your life. We want our future to be about your future. And we pray that our lives will result in many people bringing worship to Jesus many people bringing worship to Jesus so every mat we need to let go of we let go every story we need to let go of we let go it's not about us Lord may Jesus be exalted in this church in our house in our families in our homes and we pray for this coming week that as we go to work on Monday as we go back to our homes on Monday as we go back to our schools whatever it is that we need to do this week I thank you that faith is available for every door faith is available for every opportunity faith is available for every obstacle faith is available to heal every hurt and let that gift of faith activate itself in our lives this week we thank you that this week is blessed in Jesus name Amen